Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kia ora and welcome to Our Changing World on RNZ National with me, Alison Balance. Now, the discovery of the missing male stickmen, or as I call them, stick insects. Here's Steve Trewick from Massey University. The latest discovery is of a male stick insect amongst a group of species that previously we'd only ever found female stick insects. There's one group in particular called, we call it Acanthozyla, which means prickly sticks. And uh, there are lots of different shapes, lots of different morphotypes, lots of diversity, in other words, but they're all female. So tell me how that works. If you've got no males, you've only got females, how do they reproduce? Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? So these stick insects have a trick that allows them to reproduce without uh, sexual fertilisation. So in other words, the females uh, produce fertile eggs, um, without having ever met a male, and those fertile eggs hatch into daughters, and those daughters produce fertile eggs, and so effectively they're what people often refer to as cloning themselves. They're just producing daughters and daughters and daughters. You've probably heard of this, asexual reproduction, or parthenogenesis. Isn't that a nice word? Now we're talking about a New Zealand group of stick insects, remember, but the mysterious missing male turned up in the United Kingdom, where a number of our stick insects have established small populations. So what was Steve's reaction when he heard the news? Well, we only got contacted by our colleagues in the UK and said, oh, well, I think we found a male acanthozyla. We were politely sceptical. So they, they sent some material to us and we did the genetic work to, to confirm that, yeah, amazingly, um, it, it really did look like it was, you know, it's a male. And that it should turn up in the UK, uh, where the number of sick insects must be much smaller than in New Zealand, uh, I think really much just, just reflects the abundance of, of keen a- amateur entomologists rather than of uh, male stick insects. So they might have found the only one? I think of that event, yeah. It's, it, the question is, if that one-off is actually able to transfer sperm, can he, can he sort of reshape his local population? So how does an all-female population of stick insects manage to suddenly produce a male? There is a pathway, and that seems to be what's happened in this case, is that a chromosomal mutation can result in the transformation of what would have been a female stick insect into a male. So how does that work? As humans, we have XX chromosome for a female, XY chromosome for a male. How does it work in the stick insect? Uh, exactly. So it's, in a way, it's slightly simpler because in these stick insects, the females are XX and the males are X nothing. So they're X blank. So in principle, on paper, you'll see how you can generate uh, a male from a female simply by failing to copy across one of those X chromosomes when you're generating a cell that's going to develop into uh, an animal. So it's just a case of, oops, I just lost that X. Yeah. But the curious thing is, that, as far as we can tell, is that when a stick insect that 
sort of was destined to be a female loses a a, a sex chromosome and, and ends up being a male. It's not clear that he's actually, you know, fertile as a male. Can you test this? Well, you could test it. If you had it alive, you could then do your, your experiments to sort of give it a female and see whether it produces uh, offspring from sexual reproduction. Do I take it from this, the stickman is no longer yeah, alive? Yeah, little, little stickman in the UK, um, he died in captivity, so that experiment hasn't been done. But um, we have done similar experiments with another group of stick, New Zealand stick insects called uh, Clitarchus, uh, where we have populations, some of which are sexual and some of which are not sexual. And so we're actually able to do the experiment of taking a female from a asexual population, an all-female population, that's been like that for some generations, and then offer a sexual, you know, a male, and see whether mating takes place and see whether... Well, effectively, males are, some males are produced from that, showing that there has been um, a gamete transfer. So what have you found? Does she carry on just doing her thing, or does she go, ooh, there's a male, I'll take advantage well, of that? Well, they certainly show an interest, um, and the males uh, you know, show an interest, and there does seem to be copulation, but so far in the first uh, several generations of experiments we've done... Um, this, the, the fertility, so the, the proportion of offspring that come from sexual reproduction is very low, suggesting that um, the females aren't very good or something has happened that makes them not very effective at uh, capturing the sperm from the males and, and making use of it. And that's a bit of a conundrum because that suggests, oh dear, if you've gone down this parthenogenetic route, it might be numerically beneficial, successful for a while, um, but you may miss out on sort of evolutionary opportunity because you can't generate diversity by sexual reproduction later on. Does that mean they're less likely to be able to adapt to a changing world? I think that would be probably true to say about um, a population that was parthenogenetic. The interesting thing, though, is that a changing world exerts natural selection and... Um, even when the, the beneficial feature, like being able to reproduce sexually, even when that's rare, selection can pick up on it and increase its advantage. So even though we find in our experiments low numbers of offspring produced by sexual reproduction, in the right environment, they may be at a substantial advantage and therefore you know, natural selection will sort of increase their value in subsequent populations and so it could be that that would allow a population to swing back to sexual reproduction. If you wanted keen citizen scientists in New Zealand to look out for missing males over here, what would they be looking for? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Males and female stick insects are quite different you know, of the same species. The males nearly always are slightly shorter and, and, and always quite substantially thinner and when they're adults the males have quite a sort of a knobbly bit on their, their hind end, and that's to do with the, the claspers they use to hang onto, a, onto the female when they're in copula. Because when they're mating, they'll travel around in a pair. The female will be doing the hard work with this little wim wimpy, sticky chap um, riding along on her back. And we suspect that you know, the selective advantage of him being particularly wimpy is that it reduces the, 
you know, the, the visibility of the female that's uh, carrying a male um, perhaps reduces the chances of predation. So you're looking for a runt with a knobbly bottom? Yeah, skinny runt with a knobbly bum. <laughs> but uh, they're notoriously tricky because um, males of lots of species uh, can look like males of other species. And um, so finding a male... Uh, requires some kind of testing to confirm that it belongs to a particular species. So it's not going to be easy to solve this mystery here in New Zealand? It's not, but um, I think we'll be looking at it and we'll be putting out a bit more information about the sort of size and dimensions of of what uh, these unusual males uh, would look like. What we still don't know, though, is that if a male does appear from that mutational event, that chromosomal mutation whether it is at all able to be fertile. Um, so you've got two separate things going on. You've got the ability of the of, of asexual females to accept sperm and make use of it, and then you've got this sort of somewhat magical uh, process of males uh, emerging through chromosome mutation. And if they just look and behave like males but actually don't have the vital you know, ability to produce uh, good gametes, then they'll always just be one-offs. Thanks, Steve. That was evolutionary biologist Steve Trewick from Massey University. Cheers, everyone. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 1st of February 2018. And why is it February already? What happened to January? Anyway, don't forget you can always find us on the web at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld, as well as on the RNZ app. On Twitter and Facebook, we are RNZ Science. If you haven't already subscribed to RNZ Our Changing World, the podcast, well, you should. Find it on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes and Radio Public. Please take a second to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Thanks heaps. To find out what other podcasts RNZ has on offer, check out the podcasts and series page at rnz.co.nz. Radio. Bye for now. Kakite Anu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.